We Like Dota is brought to you by the generous support of our patrons. Patrons like Yield Raven, Ninja Scouts, Samson Magnuson, IX Cowboy, Surreal, CBX, Mr. Fancy Pants, Beandorm, Modster, Icebug, Spangworm, Titus Andromedon, Dank, Xinosim, Dolly Kauschef, Paul Turner, Jeffrey Peterson, Kruger, Javier Latuplay, Wisp, Zeke, Strawcap, That Charlie, Justin, and Zach. We like Dota. Episode 339 starts now. Hello and welcome to We Like Dota, episode 339. My name is A2K. I will be your host for tonight, and I'm honored to be joined by Elihu. Hello. Wow, very nice uh, <laughs> sounding guy here uh, <laughs> on his new We Like Dota sponsored mic. Yes, uh, my, welcome, new, welcome, welcome. my new WLD very mic nice. is here so you can hear my dulcet tones. Yeah, exactly. We actually <laughs> uh, produce a proprietary line of microphones just for we like Dota hosts, not available to the public. So you I can't get the sound about anywhere this. else. What? Yeah, sorry, I didn't get you one. Oh, I'm sorry. My also God. joining, <laughs> also joining me today is Sam, not the Plat Pirate Wendell, but rather Strilling. Always Strilling. Always scorned by my captain. Won't even get me a microphone to record the podcast. I'm sorry. Shame. I, I, Shame. I give you a lot of a boomer. I give you a lot of good Dota games. Yeah. Boomer. Yeah, I gave you boomer. Uh, also proprietary by uh, actually no, we outsource that to the other Dota 2 podcast. <laughs> uh Sam, I mean, tell us about your snake, although we already talk we, we've already been talking for two minutes here. Well, uh, first of all, <laughs> this first of supposed all, to be our I have to say this is the first time that Sam and I have actually spoken. Yeah, I think much this less is the first time no we've way. actually met. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, now, how do you like each other? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what kind of question is that, Arian? We're BFFs now, Arian. That's exactly exactly nice. how it happens. You meet somebody, you say hey, and you talk about their snake, and boom, you're BFFs. That's true. That's how it we, works. Well, sure. He might try to marry. You. No, just kidding. We went through know, the whole arc of friendship, and we're actually at the end marriage. Yes. Right Interesting. now. Exactly. Which I is mean, very awkward because I'm already married. Oh yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, come on, guys. You can be friends while trying to get married. Uh, platonic friendships, they exist. Um, <laughs> do they? But anyway. Speaking but of, do they, Arian? Speaking of... <laughs> I think so. I'm yeah, just going to destroy friendship. this podcast. Is what's going to happen right now. <laughs> just asking random questions yes. to derail me. I'm going to be the Kyle of this panel. Oh, For those okay. of you no, who have oh, watched I have Kyle. I have a hot take about Kyle that I might drop later. Okay. Uh, okay, right. Sam, tell us about your shedding snake. Sure. Please. So the snake's the doing day, what? My snake is. <laughs> All right, stop, please. <laughs> it's it's shedding, but uh, we could also talk about the other thing, which is. Do we need really to not weird. talk about this? I mean, kids might be listening. <laughs> no, I think it's fine. Um, so the other day, I realized that she was uh, kind of like being still and quiet, and normally she's kind of like rambunctious and all over the terrarium. Um, her eyes, I looked closely were like all cloudy and blue when they're normally like a very dark like black and like hints of green and her like scales have started to like dull so she's starting to shed and i think like in a day or two uh like she'll actually like begin the process of removing 
her scales and like you know slipping out <laughs> do so, you do you keep the the like shed skin like some people do i think i'll keep this one because it's the first time she's shed with me i've only had her since january <laughs> so i'm kind of excited i mean you know my opinion about snakes uh when I saw the video of your snake eating like a live mouse, uh, I was stunned with snakes for the rest of my life. Not that I was a particular like fan of snakes before. So eating that live mouse, what do you think a snake's like poop and pee look like? Oh boy! Just like very basically. This is going um, off the rails. Probably like a rabbits. I'd imagine them like very tiny and like uh, I don't know, just like little tiny balls. You know, like a rabbit's poop mm. probably. So I don't know the like exact science of this, but snakes like their poop kind of comes out encased in their pee, which like solidifies at some point it, with like what? uric acid. Which, so it's like white. So it, it comes out as like this poop covered in like white, like uh, almost like plaster type of thing. And it, that like, sounds disgusting, dude. It, I mean, it's totally solid and it's actually really easy to clean up. But it's like the first time I saw Ooh. it, I was like, what What the hell is in here? Like, what is growing in my tank? What is that? Is is something wrong? But no, that's just like what a lot of poop looks like in pee. Does it smell? No, it's actually like, unless you like stick your head in the terrarium, <laughs> there's like no smells really from the tank at all. I would so never I have questions in my whole life stick my head into a snake terrarium sorry go ahead uh, welcome to we like herpetology the show where we just talk about snakes uh, i mean so she what, is the mascot what type of snake no, is she... this it's a ball python a ball python okay all right and you say you've had her since january so how old is she she's about 10 years old i think oh so you got her from our previous oh you didn't like get her as a snakeling no, no, no. I uh, I had a friend who um, was like, I guess, had, like all the kids have kind of grown up in his family and they were looking to pass on the snake to somebody who like, could, I guess, use her better, like wanted her more. Um, oh, okay. Rehoming. Okay. So, rehoming. Yeah, this is a rehomed snake. And what's her name? Tara. Tara? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Boys. Enough yes. snake talk. We have to actually get into Dota 2 at some point here. Even ah. though I would, you know, love to talk about your disgusting snake for like 20 more minutes. I'm sorry. I shouldn't <laughs> call your pet disgusting. I think that's a bit harsh. Scary. I'll, I'll say scary. Uh, that's better. Let's, uh, like, yeah, let's get into the Dota feelings here. How was your week in Dota? Um, and how did it make you feel? How did it make me feel? Uh, okay, Marianne. is there like a conspiracy to interrupt me on this? <laughs> just go ahead, dude. We talk I'm about sure it before like every DMing. podcast. It's I'm just sure fun. you're like DMing with Jim and Sam to do this to me. All right, yeah, just go. It's, it's just fun. Now, my, my week in Dota was... Uh, I, I mean, I'm not able to play a ton. I am lucky if I get one or two games a day, like at current i haven't played for two days i haven't played anything uh that's just how life works when you've got family and obligations and all that sort of stuff but my week in dota i would say how did it make me feel it made me feel content 
we had a couple, I had a couple good wins in ranked. I got to play with a friend of mine who I haven't been able to play with in some time. So that was enjoyable. Uh, I had some very also frustrating losses. Uh, I went for the third time. I've gotten like into the 96th percentile to almost getting Archon 1, or I should say back to Archon 1, only to have a massive amount of losses following. And two of those in particular, one, uh, I was just reminded about how one player can really, really mess up. Even one teammate can really mess up your match by doing their own thing or uh, deciding to just not make wise choices so for instance we had a uh, one i was playing an offlane underlord we were doing fine in our lane Uh, we were getting some kills we were putting pressure on their their carry our mid decided to pick ricky as a last pick when they already had uh let's see they had bristleback they had (laughs) i think they had a bounty as well um um, I mean, I'm actually not, un- like, I'm unsure on that nice shot. Like, does Ricky counter Bristleback? Or does no, Bristleback it's the other way around Ricky? because Ricky wants to, Ricky wants to jump and stab somebody from the back. Bristleback doesn't care. Yeah, but I mean, you could also see it like this, right? Bristleback, he wants people to attack him from the back and Ricky does more damage from the back. But Bristleback negates all of that damage and then Ricky ends up taking damage in return. Because of the quills. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're right, actually. Yeah. So anyway, but he he was he was just getting completely run over in mid, and so he starts asking for rotations. We end up uh, he had both of our supports rotate in. Both of them end up dying because he has died to the bristleback already that much, and he is way ahead. Uh, we end up making like a four man's four man rotation on him and finally kill him. And uh, then uh, later on, the Ricky basically was flaming me and saying I was feeding when at that point we <laughs> were gone and lost. And he was he was blaming me. And I'm going and even the rest of the team is going, uh, you were the one who lost mid super hard, dude. Like, just accept it. You lost mid. I mean, it's on you. Honestly, playing Underlord and losing game, like if you're not ahead, you can die very quickly. Like mm-hmm. playing tanks and losing games is definitely harder than like just like slippery heroes who have a escape. Yeah. Because your tankiness doesn't matter. And yeah, slipperiness I mean, doesn't care about net worth disadvantage, but being a tank definitely does. Yeah, slipperiness is usually level dependent. And uh, because we had to try to make space for a Ricky who couldn't do anything. And I can't remember who our carry was even. Um, uh, it was a juggernaut, I believe, looking at your game. Here. Probably, probably. But regardless, he wasn't doing well either. Uh, I think he was trying to go Battle Fury while Ricky was trying to go Battle Fury. And <laughs> <laughs> it was just your typical pub. Uh, another game, we I was a Razor. I actually queued because I pretty much always select all five roles for roll queue i queued as a carry which is the first time in literally months that that has happened i always get support soft support and occasionally offlane so i finally got the carry role and from the looks of it i can't remember our mid was a sniper and there probably was going to take some time to come online so i thought all right i'm going to have something more mid-game centric and uh we destroyed i had a hoodwink for support we destroyed our bottom lane we killed the centaur and the ogre and we were just to the point the ogre abandoned 
and their other the the other um, support on their team abandoned as well. So it was three v five now. But our Tusk decided that he just didn't like the Razor carry. And he said it was a bad pick. And even after they abandoned, we are already ahead. We've got a Nature's Prophet, a Sniper. I'm like, let's just push his five and finish. Because the three they have left are Centaur, Dawnbreaker, and Slark. We don't want to let them have time to farm. Well, the team didn't necessarily want to do that. Or really, our Tusk and our Nature's Prophet didn't want to do that. They wanted to split push. And they wanted to uh, farm and try to outfarm 3v5. And it went very, very poorly. Finally, we did end up winning, but the game went to like 65, 70 minutes. And I think this is the only, only the second time since those neutral items have come in that I have been in a game where we got to that point. So in that regard, it was mm, kind of cool because, really? hey, I got these high level items, but it was so frustrating because I went from like 10 and 2 to 10 and 9 uh because they kept just sticking together and picking off. And even as three of us would try to be pushing to, to get a tower or something, it was just very frustrating. So I had some fun and I had some frustration and that's how Dota made me feel. Arian. Looking at the stats of this game, just, it looks so wrong. 27 kills against 64 kills, but Mm -hmm. the team with 27 kills just wins. Yep. Liu, I have a question. Do you mm-hmm. play mostly in stacks or solo? Mostly solo. Okay. Because I was, I have a theory that it's very difficult for some like, uh, like relatively balanced solo queue games to go to 60 minutes. But mm-hmm. within a stack, it's very easy to get into like, uh, strategic paralysis right where like either Mm -hmm. you have like multiple ideas within the stack on what to do or uh there's like a a difference in mmr that is like causing some teammates to be playing like in one part of the map where well other teammates aren't really with them or like as coordinated Mm -hmm. um that just stalls the game and like drags Mm -hmm. it out way too long i was just curious yeah our our and looking at this now our sniper was not great and he also picked that into a slark and a dawnbreaker and a centaur and (laughs) he went four and 15 um our nature's prophet did not was not interested in pushing with the team he only wanted to split push and solo push got picked off a lot our tusk died 18 times somehow um (laughs) and he was pretty much never with us it was just very very frustrating game but man yeah, I feel like the centaur could have just won the game if he went proper items. Like you have, this guy had sixty-one k net worth, mm-hmm. and he had probably like five armor because he went three hearts, overwhelming blink, travels, and gem. Just well, get one armor item, and you're gonna win the game. Dude. He the first time because I had killed him like four or five times, and the first time that I died to him, it's when he showed up with a, uh, he had a blink and he had a uh, blade mail. And so I, oh, I had, no. I linked and ulted and then he <laughs> pops his blade mail and I went, Oh no, because he had just jumped in on me. I hadn't checked his items. It was new to me. So, yeah. and so I, I ended up dying to that and they would just run, run at us. Um, we didn't have a frontliner. I was the closest thing to our frontliner. It was just very rough. Yeah. I but. call that the wind ranger experience dying to blade mail. It's like that. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Yes. Cool. Sam, uh, tell us a bit about your week in Dota before I tell about my week. Or my two weeks in Dota, rather. (laughs) All right. um, Save the best for last, you know. 
Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so I've mostly just been practicing and spamming like Hoodwink and playing some carries like Spectre. It's kind of been my like new project is just learning the the one position. Um, but also this week I had my first series uh, in in Scrim Week uh, with my new RD2L team. Uh, we went one and one in a best of two, and. We won a game that I was playing AA. I feel like that hero is just like really strong and like is picked a lot competitively at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly felt like I was like kind of stomping and doing a lot that game, to be honest. Um, mm. And then we like earlier this week we did some uh, team practice with my new team, and our captain is really intense. He made us do. <laughs> like three or four uh like lane simulations in a row essentially where like we had two teammates and and two teammates like face off each against each other in like a custom lobby yeah it was very interesting and i won every one of those um (laughs) so was it like a 1v1 mid or two players against two it was a 2v2 in like the radiant safe lane dire off lane I mean, I have to say, I think you, like, for me personally, like, I think laning is probably my weakest aspect as a Dota 2 player. I think for you, it's one of your strongest, for sure. Yeah. Like, your laning is very good. I think as if you're playing support, you have to learn to have a good laning stage because it's your yeah, most yeah. important time of the match yeah. on almost every support. Yeah. So. Honestly, like, me playing support when, like, especially... I, because, you know, you've been trying carry bit, so I've been trying to support you. Like, my mechanics are, I feel like, it's pretty good at support because I play mid, I have fast reactions. But, like, me trying to, like, do some creep manipulation, like, pulling or staying, it's just embarrassing, dude. Holy okay, like, okay. Honestly. This isn't going to turn into a flame fest, but the, the Aryan support experience is... Uh... <laughs> is the drow game I had earlier this week. Okay. Oh, when, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, won't, I won't mention the KD, but just know that <laughs> don't don't let Arian pick CM in your pubs. Like uh... You can mention the KD. Uh, all right, I am looking it up, and I will mention the KDA. I went 1-16. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, ouch. It, it happens in support games, and sometimes yes. like yes, you it can't avoid it. But, yeah, I think that a lot of the game just came down to, like, us not casting our abilities together yeah, in the laning yeah. stage because if we have like two slows i think we own a lot of lanes but yeah i mean the widow just felt like she counted us super hard yeah. when we learned that like your multi-shot arrows did you know that elihu like mm. you would think that since they're not targeted right they hit willow in her w but apparently they don't really it's safe like, no it's super i did not know that me. yeah it's crazy we yeah. like missed at least two it never killed her i i have to huh. assume it doesn't hit her interesting no i I did not know that i honestly i feel like my support is passable like you know i have bad games but everybody has that i feel like my vision is pretty good dude i think every core player thinks that they have like a passable support and i think that's probably true actually it's usually (laughs) not a passable support like it's it's like (laughs) like you know how you feel when i'm playing carry and i just like jump in and die like alone or like i'm yeah, just yeah. like taking the wrong fights like that's just exactly what it mm-hmm. is but because you ha- i feel <laughs> okay. like everybody has like a preferred role right like something that you like naturally are inclined to do either because of your personality or just like how you learned this game and i just happen mm-hmm, yeah. to play a lot of support so i mean i feel like you're definitely improving but i have to admit i'm still uh biting my lips sometimes on some of your carry plays so do you on my support <laughs> paints i guess yeah uh, cool. all right somebody 
somebody asked me the question now. I'm very excited to talk yeah. about this. How was your week in Dota, Arian? And how did it make Second you part? feel? Thank you. All right. I have an announcement to make. Mm -hmm. I'm officially, again, for the second time in my entire life, an uh, ancient ranked Dota 2 player. <gasps> um, no way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you knew this already. Uh, I reached it like just before last week's podcast, um, which mm -hmm. I wasn't on then. But yeah, very, very happy about this. I mean, like, it's not that good, right? It's like a super arbitrary milestones. There's people that are worse than, but there's also like a million people, probably not a million, but figuratively a million people who are much better than me. So I don't think I'm like good at the game now, but it's just a personal milestone. I laugh in Crusader. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, everybody has their own uh, milestone. Like, you reaching Archon, I don't think it's necessarily a smaller achievement than mm -hmm. me reaching Ancient, honestly. Because it's about the growth you uh, the growth you do, not, like, where right. you end, basically. Um, so, yeah, but for me personally, I was very happy about this. I can talk a bit about my journey, I guess. So, I had, like, I got, like, three stars just spamming Lena and having, a like, I think I had like a 95% win rate on Lena mid. Wow. But when I got to the like high legend stars, it started like not working anymore because people just figure out, I guess, at that MMR that you can just gank Lena twice and her game is ruined because she like has no way to defend herself against just like two heroes running at her in lane. Um, yeah. A competent tiny earth shaker just kills this hero yeah, over and over again. Exactly. So I lost three Lena rank games in a row. Um, when I was like very close to ranking up, I needed like two wins, and then I lost another rank game. So I was like, Ooh. Um, then I just played like a wide variety of heroes. Like I played a Mirana mid game, which I won. Then I played a Bristlebag mid game, which I won. And then I, f I think I was at like twenty five percent. So I needed like a new thing basically that I did. And as I did last time when I reached Ancient, I just started playing off lane because mm -hmm. I feel like if you're trying to just like win every game that you're playing, uh, it's probably the best role for that because you can ruin the enemy safe laners game uh, in one stroke and also be a strong core, uh, be a strong core, which no other position I believe offers that utility in a game. Um, so yeah, I settled on Centaur, who's very meta right now and very mm -hmm. strong. And it's just, it, it just felt very nice to play because Centaur, he has all this playmaking potential uh, with his ulti. He has a stun, he's very tanky and a nuke. He's like, I feel like right now he's the whole package uh, as an offlaner. Like I'm, I'd be hard pressed to think of like offlaners with a like better rounded kit right now. I'm not sure if you guys can think of any. Um, maybe maybe Mars. Yeah. Actually, yeah, maybe Mars. But I mean, Mars, he doesn't have that like, his cool repositioning. Ulti. Yeah, 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 he doesn't have a global I feel like his ulti. It, I wouldn't say it's necessarily worse, but it's very different from Centaur, I say. Well, um, you yeah. have some you have some offlaners that are very strong right now. You've got Mars, you've got Axe is quite strong, uh Centaur is quite strong, Slardars is pretty strong. Uh so that you've got you've got some, but Centaur is generally considered at least at current probably the top tier of off -lanes yeah he definitely moment. feels very nice like his tankiness feels ridiculous and it's right now i just go full retaliate max which just like he farms so quickly it's kind of nuts um yeah to get back to the point what i learned uh, in reaching ancient the first time is that you just have to win games that are already lost it sounds so stupid but turning unturnable games is honestly how i feel like uh, i got ancient and it felt deserved at that point because so many games we were like 15 kills down but 
if you're really trying to you know, get that MMR, you just have to firstly use your microphone and use it a lot. You have to like micromanage your entire team to make the right moves. Like then also on mic, you have to like untilt your carry player because playing carry sucks right now and he's almost certainly going to be tilted from lane, uh, which happens a lot. Uh, at least happens a lot in my pubs. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it was definitely a hard, like a hard fought ancient metal i feel like because so many games were just like it was looking super hopeless and we just dragged it out to like 70 minutes and then in the end uh, edged out to win on like a 20k net worth disadvantage but yeah it also you know makes makes that ancient metal so much sweeter um i, I have a silly question um sure. so i mean there's like everybody has their personal preference and like how they deal with like losing games i guess but like there are games where you'll like you know, call GG and like sit in the fountain. How do you yeah. d decide what games are like unturnable but turnable in the sense that you like still want to compete and yeah. the unturnable games that you just give up on? What's That's actually a very good question. I don't, um, I don't think I can like narrow it down to a single factor, but I'll say if my game is, if the carry game Kerry's game is like really bad at minute 15 to 20. I think it's still winnable because he doesn't need to participate uh, until a bit later. Um, mm. If my if I'm like super underfarmed and my mid laner is super underfarmed, I think those are the games that like are the like you 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 just like straight up can't win uh, because the playmaking heroes in that situation are just useless. Um, That's funny. And then also like if my carry is like zero and eight or something then i think it's also unwinnable uh hmm. but yeah generally like in one of the games that we actually ended up turning i actually i gotta admit i gave up my team like motivated me to keep playing it was one of the it was like my last lena mid game before we before i lost like four games in a row with it um hmm. And like I was like I don't want to play this anymore. I want to give up uh, because I got ganked so many times online. That's kind of where it started out. Uh, but my team motivated me to like keep playing, and in the end, we won that game, which was probably the craziest game I've played in two months. By that point, um, yeah. pretty funny. Like <laughs> the game where I could have ranked up was was with you, Sam. I just mm -hmm. randomly thought like I'll pick uh, Terrorblade uh, safely. <laughs> that that's going to be my ranked up game. And we just got destroyed so hard because I had, like, in my lifetime, four games on Terrorblade. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, thankfully, I was at such a high percentage uh, that because you only lose 20 MMR on Party Queue than, uh, rather than 30 MMR, I won another solo game, and, you know, it, it pushed me over the top. Uh, since then, I have played two ranked games in two weeks. Uh, I'm... I'm definitely done for, with ranked for like at least three months. I feel like right now it was just, it was so stressful to get it. Like I, I had to play so many games, and my god, it, I mean, it was worth it. I feel like because the, the ancient metal. I think visually it looks very nice. Like, I feel like the differentiation between the high metals and the you know, like mid-range medals, it's definitely between legend and ancient. You can just like look at the medals, and I feel like that's immediately apparent. Uh, but yeah, uh, worth it, but I'm done with ranked for the next three months, definitely. Um, maybe we'll take turns, and instead I'll I'll start spamming ranked to see where I can get. Yeah, sure, do that. Uh, maybe spam carry and ranked. Uh, oh my I know God. we're already getting super long here, but one thing that I think is going to be pretty good content is I have to make a confession. 
so Elihu, I know you're a man of God, uh, mm. a pastor, in fact, and mm -hmm. I I did some pretty toxic stuff uh, recently. So I I kind of gave into some you know wicked temptation. So okay. I was playing a turbo game. I was playing Wind Ranger against a mid PA. Uh, and I just, you know, it's a bad matchup for PA. I just completely right. owned that guy because Wind Ranger counters PA by herself. You don't need to like, right. play particularly well. Um, so on the enemy team, there was a Juggernaut who, at the like GG screen, you know, just like two seconds before you ended, he started like trash talking me super hard, like, oh, you're so bad. I would have destroyed you in mid. This PA was just feeding you. Um, I was like, whatever, that sometimes happens, you know? But then mm -hmm. in post-game chat, this guy literally wrote like 20 messages uh, being like, yo, 1v1 me, you're so bad, blah, blah, blah. I usually don't respond to that. But that guy, he was so obnoxious, he like kept spamming party invites to me. So I would, oh, you know, geez. 1v1 him. So I was like, man, like, do I really do this? Uh, 1v1ing this guy at like 10 in the evening um, on a weekday. But I was like, sure, let's just do it. Maybe I win, maybe I lose. Um, so we did a 1v1 puck. Uh, I, I, it was pretty funny. I actually choked my first ulti because mm -hmm. he eat it. He face shifted it. But he was a dog and he just like tried to kill me on high ground. So I killed him the first time and then I got a bit cocky. I was like, yo, give up. And he didn't give up. And then I killed the second time and he just left. He didn't even say GG. <laughs> So this is probably my most egregious offense, which is why I'm hoping you can absolve me of my mm -hmm. sin. I actually left a comment on the Steam profile telling him <laughs> to not be so cocky next time. <laughs> it's like, this is honestly the most toxic thing I've ever done in Dota, probably. Well, uh, what I will say is that it, it probably ends up being not that big of a deal because when was the last time you looked at the comments on your Steam profile? Uh... I can't That's remember. Actually, point. no. That's it was like point. two weeks ago. I get a lot of like scammers uh, commenting on my stream profile, being like, add me. So I always purge those. I can't remember the last time I looked at my Steam profile. So you, it would, if somebody did that to me, it would be like yelling into the wind. Okay. So you're saying I'm good. I can still go to heaven. Dota I, heaven, that is. <laughs> we will have to have a talk with Zeus, and uh, <laughs> we will have to... Have you say five Hail Gavens, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll be all right. All right, that's good news. Thank you. <laughs> Salvation for my soul. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Dota news. <laughs> to read the future, I need entries. All right, um, getting into the news, uh, we'll talk about the EU DPC first, because obviously EU is the best. No, EU is not the best region. I'm not that delusional. <laughs> Um, so, you know, interesting region, uh, something very noteworthy that happened here. Alliance, who basically were slated to win the entire thing because they mm -hmm. already beat all the really good teams, they actually got beat by none other than Brain Esports. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's some of the old ad Finnum boys on this team, so they definitely have a tendency for doing, like, crazy stuff, like at the Boston Major. But I gotta say, I was still shocked that Alliance would lose to Brain in this league. I, I'm not sure if you guys watched the series, but game three, Brain, they did a, this was like, this. I mean, I'm not sure if this is like actually balanced, but they did a morphling willow combo. And it was so insane, honestly. Like, oh my God. Like Yeah, because willow had ags, and so morphling yeah. could just dish out a bazillion damage. It was ridiculous. Exactly. 
Morphling, he got an axe as well. And like he went axe, I think third item or something because he knew how broken the combo was. And there was just like this 4k Timbersaw dying in two seconds to one hero because of this combo. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was nuts, dude. Um, yeah, props to Brame. And I, I like that they beat Alliance because now the EU DPC, it's actually super competitive. We have two teams sharing first place, uh, two teams sharing, I guess, second and third place, and then a couple other worse teams. But uh, this, like, this win against Alliance, it opens up the DPC for a lot of the teams. Uh, which is nice because you know we're maybe gonna have some good tiebreakers. Um, yeah, right I guess now the, it, other... it, the <laughs> Sorry, Hellbear Smashers, uh, Misery's team, or now he's known as Rasmus, but that team they're likely going to be relegated. They have not won a single series. They did look really good yeah. in the first game against Brame today, but they uh, lost the series in the end. Yeah. They're the they're the only team that's confirmed relegated already. There's right. no no way for them to make it. Right. At this point, there's no way for them to make it. But outside of them, um, as you said, there are two teams, Liquid and Alliance, and I'm trying to get it. For some reason, it's not working on my machine. But uh, Liquid After and Alliance are 4-1, and one, but everybody else is like 3-2 and two or 2-3 two and three other than Hellbear Smashers. Yeah. Uh, and it's honestly crazy to me seeing Team Secret at 2-3 uh, and three right now. They lost against OG pretty convincingly, actually, uh, Two or three days ago, it was last mm -hmm. week actually. Uh, and it was OG, Saturday. yeah, it was Saturday. So OG, they're definitely looking very good. Like Saxa, Clockwork, I think everybody saw that. Like just the insane oh, plays he made, and it's just crazy to think about for me that Team Secret they might not make it to the major after getting first last season. Uh, I guess it just speaks. To I, how I wonder if EU is if Secret I, is not dominating. So I have a. I guess I have something for both of you. Um, in American football, there's this like term uh, or this idea of like any given Sunday, where like mm -hmm. even the best of teams can drop games to like the worst teams, right? You'll see like the Patriots lose to the Browns or something, like yeah. on a random you know Sunday during the regular season. The Do Browns you think were that this is just like? Year. Well, that's true. I'm not. I'm, you know. <laughs> no, we're, I, we're, I grew up as a Browns fan, and it was a very sad upbringing. So I get which I get the reference. It's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so, do you think that this like applies to Dota as well? Where like in the DPC season, it just takes like kind of some luck and like random chance mm -hmm. for like a, a series or a game to go one I way think or the other. It depends on the region for sure. Like, I definitely don't think this holds true for North America. Because, like, no team, I feel like, can beat EG or Quincy Crew. Uh, I think it's very true for EU. Because looking, for example, at Hellbear Smashers, they took a game of OG and they took a game of Secret. Uh, which is pretty crazy, thinking about this. Uh, seeing as they're 0-6 and six right now. Um, and then I think it's also especially true for South America. Because I believe South America, it's not the case anymore. But, like, last week or something, they had literally, like... They had two possible scores. They had some teams that were three and two, and then the other half of the teams was two and three, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so yeah, I think for some regions it's true, but definitely not for every region. Yeah, and some so reasons there's there, there's definitely a lot more parity in some regions. Other, however, I can I would say that any it is a, you can definitely uh, a team that has at least quasi. Com, uh, comparable players. We're not talking about me versus you know the Hellbear Smashers. Uh, I'm 2K, so that would be complete. Regardless, they could 
be on the worst heroes ever and they'd still demolish me. I'm, if you have comparable players, you can take a game off. You can cheese a game. You can pull out a Huskar or a Broodmother or a Visage and something that somebody doesn't expect. When you go to a series, you're less likely to have that because it's not just the best of one. Um, and if you have like a best of three or something like that, you, the better team is more likely to win, I believe. It's yeah. true. Uh, I definitely agree with that statement, but I think in EU and uh, I guess also South America, even the really bad teams have the potential to take off a series of like the really big teams. Because for example, Hellbear Smashers, they didn't cheese uh, their wins against Secret and OG. They just like played normal Dota and beat them in like 30 minutes. Yeah, uh, I think that it's a, a matter of like mental state and like strength of, you know, your your picks in the meta. And it's a little bit more complicated than just like football and, you know, 11 random dudes on the field, I mm -hmm. guess. But um, yeah. we talked a little bit about uh, the most stacked region, NA, and how the, the losers in that region can't can't even hold a candle to EG. Um, what? How do these uh, sad boys look? The, uh, oh, the, the, the NA DPC, it's... I mean, now granted, you've got EG and you've got Quincy Crew, and they're at the top. Now, you do have some, what I would say is uh, next tier teams, uh, Team Undying, um, Black and Yellow. Those are ones that are, they're going to be competitive matches, very likely. So you've got some decent teams in there, but they're just yeah. not to the uh, EG and Quincy Crew caliber. Then you get down to the cut uh, who was who came up last time? Sad boys look so so sad. It, they just like, I think they're at the point because they they know they're getting relegated. They know they're down to division two if they stick together, and they went with a position five timber saw this last match that I saw, <laughs> and it, it, with a with a um, uh, specter carry. Fear was playing Spectre. So it wasn't like, hey, it wasn't like the undying approach of I'm just going to stand and be a beefy guy up front that you have to get through. No, they were double melee as well. And it just, I mean, <laughs> and, and that's sad because I want that team to do well. That has Mu, Fear, Rioya, um, Zifreak, yeah. and uh, somebody who I'm not familiar with, Monster. But as, as we were saying before the show, um, before we started recording, Kicking PPD, while that may have, well, that may have been part of the problem, that was obviously not the whole problem, because yeah. that's, they are just not looking good I mean, at all. People are hyping up this EG versus Quincy crew match. I'm probably even more excited for Sad Boys against the Cut. The 0-5 team against the mm -hmm. 0-6 team, that's probably <laughs> the most hyped match of the uh, of the whole league, right? Yeah, like, it's going to be gonna interesting. They're going to fight to hell to be not the team that didn't win a single series. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So it's. I mean, look, looking at these standings, it's kind of crazy. There's three undefeated teams on top of the mm -hmm. NA DPC yeah. region. Like, and I mean, we all know that EG is probably the best of the three, but like, I don't know. I just mean, because of the way the schedule has gone, I guess we haven't seen. Uh, I honestly some of these best teams against each other. Oh, they 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 schedule it that way. Yeah, they schedule it so True. that the anticipated best teams are going to show up at the are going to face off at the end. Yeah, to lead up to the major, I guess, for yep. the hype series. Yep. I mean, I honestly think like Quincy Crew and EG, I'd rate them as about equal, with maybe a slight preference to EG, but definitely not big 
Because like last season, didn't uh, Quincy Crew beat EG in the regular? They did. They just they lost did. the they tiebreakers, did. right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, this is very competitive even. What about Undying? Do you think that they can take a series off of Quincy Crew or maybe even EG? <sighs> I think I, I'll, I'll, if, if EG and Quincy Crew are S tier, I don't think Undying is quite in the same tier. But they're definitely not on the same tier than like four Zoomers and everybody else. They're like the middle tier between the best and the like not the best teams. Um, yeah, I think they're a half tier, half tier down. Yeah, but I definitely think they're good enough to take series of both these teams. Like, if Elber Smashers can take a, like take games of OG and Secret, then Undying can for sure win games. Uh, like oh, win yeah. Series they can... EG if, if they put together a good series and for some reason EG or Quincy Crew were off on that series, they could definitely take a series off of them. That could very much yeah, happen. Yeah, for sure. I think sure. if you match them up 10 times in 10, in 10 different series, I think... Uh, EG or Quincy Crew are going to win eight or nine of those, but Undying definitely could could take a series off of them. Yeah, that's so, a good point. So imagining, I think, because they haven't announced this officially, but for the next major, they have two American North American slots. Um, what are the two teams to go, in both of your opinions? EG and Quincy Crew. Go. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there were two. <laughs> there were two North American teams at the last major. MSS, however. Or no, sorry, no. never mind. You're you're right. No, too. MSS wasn't able to travel due to COVID mm. stuff. But yeah, yeah, Quincy Crew and EG were the ones at the last one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I I'll give Undying like a, I'll give them like a fifteen percent chance of beating either EG or Quincy for the slot. But yeah, I was gonna say twenty. Higher. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean twenty percent. I I could get behind that as well. Yeah, but Dubu's so good. Dubu, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a fun Tomato's player. an excellent carry. Uh, Bryle's good. Saberlight, Moomeander. I mean, the, so they've definitely got good pieces, and they've got potential there. Uh, I just don't think they're quite to the level that EG I mean, and, frankly, Quincy Crew's been... Now they've been together for quite some time, especially in esports terms. I think, honestly, South American position one players are, like, the best in the world right now. Like thinking of like Tomado and Hector, Tomado, R like, Hector, RDO. Those, yeah, those games are just like those people are just like god at the games, especially Hector. They're, man, that guy's a menace. The farming yeah. god. Yeah, honestly. I mean they uh, they definitely showed up and they showed at the last major that South America needs to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which you know a lot of people didn't do uh, until mm -hmm. now, I guess. Uh, all right, let's move on to Hero of the Week, I guess. You're tougher than Axe thought. Come along. Feeding time. Have a cookie. Meepo. More Meepo. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Hero of the week for this week is Ancient Apparition. The, I don't know, Frost guy. Um, <laughs> he's a ranged intelligent support but he can also sometimes be a mid which i'm sure we're going to get into um sam how about you lead us through the abilities because i think you play this hero quite a bit actually and then i'll hit you guys with the lore which is obviously way more important oh absolutely sure so his q is cold feet it is a magical uh ability 
places a frozen hex on an enemy that deals damage over time but can't but can be dispelled by moving away from the initial cast point if the enemy's unit doesn't move outside of the given range you'll be stunned and frozen in place after four seconds uh, the damage scales upwards the stun scales upwards the scaling is kind of nice on this ability but it's like not that it kind of does the the thing it, it's supposed to from level one which is essentially make yeah. enemies have to leave mm-hmm. or they risk should... getting stunned they should honestly rename the description. Places a frozen hex? That just irks me. You should not something call a hex that doesn't make, uh, you know, that's not a hex. Like, just call uh, it a debuff. I literally don't think this ability has been touched in yeah, probably not. years. <laughs> yeah, like, this is it's... this is one of the most basic abilities that they were like, yep, that's that's good enough. Never never yeah. have to rethink that one again. <laughs> For sure. And this is, if you are playing AA, this is why you want to have a core with you that has some sort of slow or stun. Um, but mm. even if you don't, if you have somebody like an Axe, a Centaur, a Slardar facing off against you, and they don't want to get stunned, they will have to move back. So that gives your core, you know, at least four seconds to exactly. hit, up, hit last creeps. Last like, hit creeps. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Like, in, in really easy lanes where you can get kills, obviously it's nice for getting kills, but it's also good in hard lanes where you just buy time with this every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. And so uh, Ancient's W is Ice Vortex. So it creates a vortex of icy energy that slows and increases magic damage done to enemies in its range. It has a radius of 275, which is, like, pretty small. I don't know, a little donut on the on the game, on the map. <laughs> um, <laughs> the slow scales from 15 to 30 percent, and the magic damage reduction or increased magic damage. I don't actually know how this works. Magic um, resistance reduction. Yep, that's so, yeah, that's what it, I would think it is, right? But yeah, the way that's that this what tool it does. It okay. It 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 increases magic damage. So it's like having your own veil without the. Stats, exactly. of course. It's actually not equivalent, as you said, uh, with magic resistance reduction because the scaling is a bit different. So it basically gives spells that are used on somebody who's standing in ice vortex, basically like 30% spell amp, effectively. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. I didn't know, like, I mean, it's a bit of a like a minute point, but I just didn't know which direction it worked um, since there are two directions, I guess, in mm-hmm. this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one is like the one that's really popular right now. Um, they redid it recently in the in seven point two nine, um, changing the cooldown, which used to not scale downwards. It used to be a flat four. Yeah. Yo, actually, um, never mind. Instant correction. I was wrong about this. Apparently, it just reduces magic resistance. Oh, all right. They should that... change the tooltip though, because it says uh, you know increased magic damage, not magic that... resistance reduction. That's what I was trying to say. I thought it was like that. It just reduced your magic resistance but it, yeah the tooltip is like really confusing this might be like a vestige of a previous patch yeah um, but this also means that 30 percent is not actually 30 percent because just as you know getting a lot of magic resistance doesn't scale linearly uh linearly it also means that if you put like uh, if somebody has 25 percent magic resistance and you use this on them they're actually going to have like two percent magic resistance left instead of having minus five percent well, basically, our, the original point is true. We're not going to try to do the math right here, but the original point is true. When somebody is in this area, they take more magic damage. Correct. Yeah. And that's Mechanics. what I care about. Mechanics. <laughs> we love that's them. The, and yeah. it, regardless of how it happens, that is 
that is uh, the end result. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's important, but not yeah. in this case. Um, and so <laughs> remember our audience. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, we're like me. I am sure, one of those sure, of the sure. audience. So, so ancients uh, E ability is like a right click. Uh, previously, I guess known as like orb ability with a cooldown. So similar to OD's. Uh, Ar- what is what is it called again? Arcane orb. Arcane orb. Okay. Yeah. So it's called Chilling Touch. Um, enhances Ancient Apparition's attack with increased range, magic damage, and movement slow. So the damage scales pretty nicely from 50 to 170. The movement slow is 100%, but only for half a second. And the attack range bonus scales from 60 to 240, so not bad. The cooldown, I think, is the most important part of this. Mm-hmm. It goes from 15 down to 3. And mm-hmm. the mana also goes up. So like when you're playing AA... If you get more than one level of this, you will notice almost immediately because yeah, you'll be like out of mana log. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are chipping enemies down, you will need to spam clarities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this spell, how I think about it, it's like a direct conversion of mana into magic damage where the limiting factor is not like cooldowns, but the limiting factor is your mana pool up and until time. like mid or late game. Yeah. Yeah. And time, except for when you get the eggs, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the ultimate of AA is Ice Blast. It launches a tracer towards a... Oh god, this is such a long ability. Launches <laughs> a tracer toward in any any location on the battlefield, which must be triggered again to mark the area to be blasted by a damaging explosion of hail. The further the tracer travels, the larger the explosion will be. Enemies caught in the explosion, or who touch the icy ball of a hail as it travels, are frostbitten, taking damage and prevented from regenerating or healing. If a frostbitten unit's health drops below a certain percentage, they will instantly shatter. I want to just like make this a little bit clearer than maybe this paragraph puts forward. You aim and fire pretty much anywhere on the map uh, a ball of ice that will stop regen of enemies. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, if, if we want to explain it fully, like you aim like a aiming reticle basically which flies out and then you can see like how big the aoe would be of the actual ice blast and you know that's where you use it and the aoe increases as the target range increases increases yeah Yeah. so the duration of frostbite of the frostbitten status uh, scales upwards as well as the damage per second the shatter health threshold and the initial blast damage yeah but Something... this is essentially the same ability from like level six onwards where it's just like to yeah. screw heroes that require regen something notable kill. also is this cannot be dispelled and it pierces magic immunity yeah which this is, is this fun. is the way you kill like super carries and yeah uh, i mean this like probably one of the top three like counter abilities in dota like this is just the classic counters to so many heroes it's i, I love playing good. this against abaddon morphling yeah. uh huskar Slark. Slark, alchemist. yeah alchemist yeah. yes i love i love picking aa into these sort of lineups because they rely so heavily on uh regen and out regening your damage and if they can't regen well that's a big problem for them and yeah, it, I it's... mean, Ace, he's a really cool guy because he's good against almost all the, you know, like really annoying, cheesy heroes. Like, you got a cheese problem, you just pick AA and he makes it go away. Yeah, he's also just like a really consistent combo threat with like any stun across mm-hmm. the map. And he 
like is particularly effective at killing like high HP heroes, like mm-hmm. bristlebacks that might use regen and spell lifesteal in some minor ways. But mostly, if you get it on him, if he comes down to like twelve percent da- uh, health, he oh. just dies. Like you know what I mean? You don't have to finish him off that last ten percent where you almost always die to like quills. Mm. So. Yeah, true. Good point. Um, let's talk about the shard and the Agnum scepter here, and then the talents because here's some like really insane talents. So, the shard uh, buffs ice vortex. It causes ice vortex to deal forty DPS and reduce attack speed by twenty. Um, doesn't sound that amazing. Uh, by itself, but as we'll get into in a second here, it combos really well with a talent that he gets later. Um, and then the scepter is why mid AA is viable in some games, I believe. Uh, it buffs chilling touch and it removes cooldown and most recently also reduces the mana cost by half, which means you can spam this basically as much as you want because it costs way less mana and it has no cooldown. So. It's, yeah, like you said, OD, like OD at max level, his arcane orb has no cooldown as well. So it makes it like that. And, you know, it's super strong because it also gives uh, like a movement slow, does damage, which is also buffed by a talent. And the attack range from this is just super insane. Like you can Mm -hmm. attack from like two screens away if you have a dragon lance. Yeah, this hero is is pretty much a sniper when yeah. you get ags. Like, you yeah. just become a very annoying magic damage dealer. A sniper, sniper who does 240 magic damage with every hit and slows you by 100%. So if you get attack speed on this guy in the late game on mid-AA, like, and somebody doesn't have a BKB, they cannot move if you just spam them with chilling touch. It looks like that scene from Elf where Buddy the Elf just, like, fires off, like, machine gun snowballs. <laughs> That's what yeah. Um... um but this shard is obnoxious now. It's so it's so good yeah. at defending base and killing off creep waves. I love it. Like you can just yeah. stack them in front of each other and make like creeps slowly die. Mm. Really fun. So mm-hmm. let's um, talk about talents here. So at level sure. ten, you choose between eight percent spell amp and one seventy five chilling touch attack range. I think this is just a question on if you're going support or core. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think. Wait, honestly, which one do yeah. you think is support or core? I think core is the uh, support is the spell amp and core is the chilling touch attack range. But good boy, good boy. Yep, that's that's what I would yeah. agree with. But if you're going core, I honestly think you just skip this until you have eggs and also, get yes. stats or max your other abilities. I can uh, I can get behind that. Then level fifteen, uh, twelve health region or minus two second ice vortex cooldown. I think no matter what, you take the ice vortex cooldown on core and support because even on core, this is so like this is such a nice ability because it has a four second cooldown at level four, which means you get ice vortex every two seconds. And what makes that so strong is that ice vortex lasts sixteen seconds. You you can have eight ice vortexes out simultaneously. And the cast range just by itself is like, I want to say like 1,300 or something like that. So it's, it's a big cast range, yeah. Yeah, you can just like carpet the entire map permanently if you have the mana uh, with this ability, uh, which is super fun to use. Uh, yeah, very nice with the shard, obviously, as well. If you support, you can just have this like giant zone of control where everybody is slowed, <laughs> has attack speed slow, takes damage, and, uh, you know, takes increased magic damage. Uh, which basically means it buffs itself, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
at level 20, you can choose between 70 chilling touch damage or minus 6% ice vortex slow slash resistance. Uh, just again, question between are you core support? Uh, core obviously takes chilling touch damage, taking it up to a whopping 240 magic damage every hit, which is kind of nuts. Um, then, you know, ice vortex slow obviously makes your ice vortex spam even more potent with the shard, which you'll hopefully have at level 20, unless you're like super mm -hmm. underfarmed. Um, this then, is again a, a core versus support decision, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. For the most I mean, part, I yeah. think so. Would you disagree? Because I'm not no. that, that knowledgeable. I've tried, mm. like, I played the mid A a couple times with like pretty good success actually, but I don't play a lot of support A. If you don't have any other magic damage on your team, really, I think it's okay to go chilling touch damage. It then becomes like a kind of like a big nuke. True. That you, yeah. you, that's so you mean on support that is. Yeah, on support. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. At level oh, yeah. twenty-five, and, and there there are situations that that would be just the best choice, and that is pretty much always the case when when you're talking about these talents. Yeah. 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 Um, then at level twenty-five, you can choose between plus four second ice uh, plus four percent ice blast kill threshold or 500 aoe cold field I both might of these are this. awesome yeah but i vastly prefer the aoe cold field honestly i do but it's it, it, the if you played aa before they changed the ags to be on chilling touch and when it was on yeah. the the ultimate this this basically takes his ultimate to that ag's ultimate which was it was pretty crazy really when you nice. get down to like 15% health and you just shatter it was, it was so nice i agree yeah, I... but cold feet aoe like in late game when cold feet like when people don't have long mkvs and they don't want to use it because they got like cold feeded uh, mm -hmm. this aoe talent is just so nuts because like putting cold feet on one person in a team fight is also super disruptive to like team cohesion because he has to run back and then you can initiate on whoever's still there doing this on an entire team it's so insane and also cold feet it's not a long cooldown if you have an octarine core it's a 5.3 second cooldown which as aa you want anyway at some point because it also has avenance in it now so you can just spam out these aoe cold feeds which basically in my opinion just wins you every team fight I yeah, think it's I'm... good at like defending high ground too. Like yeah, you can just yeah. kind of it's freeze so the gross. creeps. Um, I think the something un, like undervalued in this AOE cold feet talent is the ability to evade Lincolns and like Lotuses. True. All of a sudden, oh, it's like yeah. really bo broken in the light late game when you you know you don't usually hit twenty five on this hero unless you go to like a sixty minute game. But yeah. you kind of ignore those things with this talent. So I I will always go this talent if there's like a yeah. Lincolns or a Lotus in the game. There's, this is like one of the oldest talents in the game, I feel like. It, you, like When talents uh, got added, I remember seeing this talent and thinking it was broken. And yeah, it's still in the game. Which maybe, it's... I guess because of that, maybe it's not as broken as I think, but I, I still think it's super, super, super good. It's I mean, super strong, it is. I, it, I think that it's the only reason it's not broken is because it's on AA, who as a hero does pretty much nothing except for Ice Blast until tw level 25. Like, it's like effectively in a team fight, right? Like he's vision and ice blast until he gets uh, this. I mean, ice vortex. Yeah, unless like, you have, unless no, you ice, have a lot of ice vortex and that. Ah, true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. I guess. All right. Let's let's finish this off with some itemization. How about you talk about support itemization, and then I go what I like. If I do AA mid, what I usually go. Yeah. 
So in pretty much 90% of games, you will go Tranquils into Yules. And in the other 10%, you'll get a Glimmer or a Force Staff or whatever you need. But mm -hmm. this hero just wants Yules, to be honest. It's just mana regen, and it combos with Cold Feet, where if you get the Cold Feet on them before and then Yules, it's almost impossible to escape the the distance that they get stunned in. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only, uh, the only variation I'd have is I generally add an urn just for... Uh, sometimes the nuke is nice, but often just having that heal, it also provides some nice... Uh, you've got the Sage's Mask for mana regen, you've got the Ring of Protection for a little bit of armor, so that's yeah. a that's a pretty standard thing that I like to go on my support. Especially since AA, he can use the mana regen like, mm -hmm. so well, because he just has so many spam abilities. Yeah, you, can, also, you can pick up a yeah. Sage's Mask very early, and, and it goes very yeah. well for that. And also, Urn, it combos so well with Ice Blast, right? Since you can't heal through it anymore, mm -hmm. and it's like... A lot of the time, it's going to be like the deciding factor, just that like 150 damage, which takes it from a kill to a non-kill. Yeah, I think you could absolutely build Urn. It's like whether... Um, maybe how fast you need the Yules, and whether you're playing 5 or 4, and like mm. the the specific item timings, right? I mean, Yules is, is definitely it... also really nice, because it also gives you mana region, even yeah. more than Urn, obviously. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only reason I wouldn't buy Urn personally on this hero is because, like, so often you're playing so far from the fight that you just don't pick up charges. That's, like, True. maybe Good my point. only concern. Uh, I can see that, yeah. If you're mostly... Because that's the one very nice thing about him, given that he has a global ultimate. I can be, if I'm playing AA5 and suddenly a fight breaks out, I can lob my, my Ice Blast over that way and keep farming a, cre a creep wave or creep yeah a creep wave it's almost like arguably more ideal because the aoe gets like way bigger and you can yep. hit more heroes so if you are really really good at hitting cross map ice blasts you can just wreck team fights and not yeah. even be there i've had i've had some fun too where there was a i can remember one instance where there was a, a chaos knight who had an armlet and he had some sort of damage over time on him, but he was wrecking us and he started running backwards and I was able to snipe him from the other side of the map when he turned off his armlet and it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, the, the interactions with armlet are definitely pretty funny on this hero. Uh, yeah, what are like luxury items on support AA Sam, I guess, before we move on to core? Um, in weird ways, like Kaya, kind of. Like, it just increases the, like, potential damage that, like, they break at if you're hitting, like, long-range ults. Um, Veil. Atos is okay, just more control. Veil is a good option. You could just go, like, a uh, late-game sheep stick, like, mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. And I think also, anything that adds to mana is, like, Kaya, good. Kaya gives you mana region these days, which, you know, as mm -hmm. I said, AA, if there's one thing I think this hero needs the most, it's just mana. He, yeah. he uses like he uses so much mana because he has like two abilities with basically no cooldown, which are like super spammable. In a winning um, game, I'd probably go Kaya. In a losing game, I'd probably go Veil or just go for a mm. sheepstick and pray. You know. <laughs> Good point. Uh, cool. I'll talk a little bit about core before we move on to noobs as noobs. So on core A, I think you get bottle, and then you just straight up rush Midas because this mm. hero. He has no way to farm, basically. And you really mm -hmm. need to like have something that makes you scale. Uh, so I go Midas. And also the nice thing about Midas, it kind of means you don't need to get an attack speed item later on, which is normally really hard to slot in on mid-day, I feel like. So after I go Hand of Midas, I get Threads. 
Then I go for stuff because uh, as a mid, you're going to be focused way more than a support and you just need something to reposition and like live because dying is way worse. Uh, like a support, a, he doesn't care about dying a couple times. Mid, it definitely does. Um, after four stuff, I get the eggs rush because that timing is mostly going to... Actually, never mind. The talent is a 20 talent now, so it doesn't coincide with that anymore. But still, yeah, I go f uh, eggs after four stuff. Then I finish the hurricane pike. And then I actually get a Bloodstone, which some people might disagree with. But sure, you miss out on a couple charges, but the mana region is really, really needed because you're a mana hog, even with the uh, with the axe that takes chilling touch mana cost to half. And the spell amp is also really, really nice for Koi, eh? because even though you right-click, 99% of your damage is still going to be magic damage. And if the game is not over after Bloodstone, I guess I just get a Hex as well to like solo kill people. Yeah, There's, is there any argument for like a late game Witchblade? Like the projectile speed, I'm sure would That'd be, be fun. insane. I mean, that would I, be fun. I've went Witchblade a couple times on mid A, and it's okay, but I feel like like it's definitely really really nice, but. Your, I feel like your item progression is very rigid. Like you can't, mm. if you get a Witchblade and then eggs, you're just gonna get gone on and killed every fight. And if you go like four staff Witchblade, you're not gonna have a relevant eggs timing, especially in a like losing game. So it's just very hard to slot in. But if you're own, like in games where I'm owning, I, I do like to go Witchblade because it's a very nice mix of stats for A, obviously. Uh, you know, attack speed, like, it puts you over, like, it's really nice because Midas, it's good attack speed, it's not that much. And then also, like, the armor projectile speed. Uh, and you're an int hero, so you lose the passive as well. Uh, so, which played, it's definitely consideration, but in a normal game, I wouldn't go. But it's definitely, like, nice luxury if you can afford it, I guess. Cool. Um, do you want to talk about this hero's lore at all, or nah? Oh, the lore. I mean... Yeah, the lore, it's mediocre, you know, I like to rate the laws. Uh, I feel like AA, yes, definitely. All right, well, the, you know, worst yeah. laws in the Cal game. Caldir? Caldir, oh. never mind. Is it Caldir? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever you say I, is correct. That's just what I'm going to go with. Okay, so AA, he's basically an embodiment of the cold that lies at the vast edge of space, I guess. Um,. He he's kind of you know a bit uh, shy about showing how powerful he really is, uh, but he definitely is like he's up there with Enigma, Cole, and Chaos Knight in terms of like cosmic creator power level or something like that. Um, and apparently he's the guy that when at the end, like when the universe ends, he's like gonna be the guy uh, you know freezing it. It's kind of it's a bit. Uh, it's a bit unclear in the law, but apparently he's gonna have a lot to do with the end of the universe because he's just gonna like you know freeze everything and eat all light and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so you know he's probably the last guy who's gonna be alive uh, ever. So that's cool. Canonically, you know? an ice age creator. Really? He has a really no, cool taunt. Like, is that not what this is saying? That he's like gonna bring upon an ice age? I mean, I feel like Ice Age is more something planetary. Like, in his lore, he's more of the guy who, like, when the universe is done and, like, all the energy is exhausted and everything oh. is just, you know, freezing, well, uh, he will do that. Well, Ice it just Age. says that some believe that co as the cosmos ages and approaches its final moments. Um, but 
we are not really sure. Maybe that's in and of itself a question. True, true. Yeah, you know, uh, his grip of ice will bring all metal to a stop. Pretty dark lore here. Damn. All right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's mm -hmm. AA. Uh, he's a support support hero. Very nice to play. Obviously, uh, go play him. He's definitely. I'd say probably top five support right now, even though he's kind of underpicked, I feel like. Um, but yeah, definitely should sure. play. I just wish yeah. he has the CM problem, where I feel like he just has trash movement speed for no reason. Like, just give him like mm -hmm. 10 movement speed. It wouldn't make him OP, would it? No, it would be really. Like, movement speed is essentially repositioning, is essentially uh, like less chance for you to die when you make poor positioning mistakes. And, like, Dota is all about. Like uh, the like that balance between like how hard it is to position versus like how hard it is to engage, right? Yeah, but I don't know. Like he doesn't seem like a hero to me. Where like having ten more movement speed would like break the hero. Like did you remember when Ursa got like fifteen movement speed <laughs> with no changes and suddenly was the best hero in the game? Uh, I don't think AA is the case. Yeah, probably not. But it's still probably like a. Uh good without the movement yeah. speed buff i, I mean yeah. he's he's definitely still very good without the movement speed all right uh, enough with aa let's move on to new sus news holy shit if you want peace you must prepare for war if you want war you must also prepare for war the lesson is always prepare for war all right new sus news first question by praetor if you play the game where each of your abilities gained one extra charge, which hero would you play? That's a good question, actually. Anybody want to go first? Uh, it's probably going to be something with high cooldowns currently. I got it. Beca go ahead. Doom. It's like you have double stun, double devour in like lane. You have double uh, long cooldown AoE damage and double doom, of course. That would be pretty That's OP. definitely good. Uh, yeah. I will take... I would take Enigma, but I feel like the spells that are not black hole don't really benefit from this. So I'll actually take Quop, I think, mm, because... I would disagree with you there, but regardless. Imagine having two... Imagine having two dagger charges in lane. Like, how do you lane against that? Then you also have double blink, so even if the enemy has, like, mobility themselves, you can just, like, never die. You can clear every creep wave with the double E, and then you have, like, 1.2k pure AoE damage with a double ulti. That actually seems pretty nice. All right, I've got, I've got it. OD, double hammer, no mana. What do you do? Oh. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's actually very good. 100 to 0 to your mana. Medusa, gone. I oh. think I would uh, I'd probably go right now just on the whim with Snapfire because I think some of her cooldowns are still relatively long and it would be nice to just have those charges to be able to get in and out to double cookie. Um, damage output would be pretty insane. Yeah, honestly, double scatter blast on like a mid-snapfire. Yeah, double scatter blast. Oh my god. 25 talent the all twice like back to back yeah that would be pretty good uh, oh something to mention about crop as well actually if you if you if you did this change to crop uh she would have six charge based uh like 
double charge based abilities because I love to go Lincoln's on Quop because then when you're 25, you have like two independent spell blocks. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I like charge based abilities. I think they're very cool. Uh, yeah, next question by that Charlie. Battle pass predictions slash hopes question mark. Mine, hope, May, prediction, June. I think it will come in May, honestly. I don't think they'll wait until June. June seems kind of late. We, we are in week five of the DPC. Week six is allegedly the last week. I think it's going to come out right after that. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's probably like, the time. I think it's going to be about right around May, let's see, 20th-ish. Yeah, it's also kind of crazy that they haven't announced date or times for the major yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, All I don't. Right. He, I definitely think they won't wait for the major. Like, I would be shocked if they waited until after the no, major. No, I think it'll be before that. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, to I think it's going to be around the twenty second, twenty third, something like that. Hmm, okay. Here's the real hot take: they won't All release right. the battle pass until June because TI is not going to be until the fall. Um... Think about that. They're like they're a little bit skeeved and a little bit sketched out. By like the pandemic at this current moment and aren't comfortable with like an August TI, but like a September, October TI looks pretty good to them and they say battle pass in June and this is when we'll announce TI. I think that's probably uh, I think that there's a there's a world in which that happens. I think there is a world in which that happens, but I do not think it's our world. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna be the case. I think they will take the opportunity to suck dry their entire uh, community and leech them for every cent possible. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. What, if, what if they announce a six-month battle pass season? They're like, all right, we'll release the battle pass in May, but you don't get TI till November. I don't. Nobody will care. Yeah. Honestly, probably not. It's probably more time not. to grind, right? Mm -hmm. True. Uh, next question by Ellie. Restart test. Thank you, Ellie. Uh, Thank next you, question by Thank you, Alibot. <laughs> you have been selected to pick four or five English casting duos for the TI main stage. What caster slash analyst combinations are you going with? That's actually a good question. Um, I I know. Yeah, I, I I will limit myself to four, but you go first. There's only one that I really care about, and that's Trenton Lyrical. It's like, I, oh, I, I'm good with Trenton Lyrical. I like that. It's it's the homie cast. It's mm -hmm. just like so wholesome and yeah. like friendly. It's PMA. I love both of them. I don't know. It's just like I feel at home and at peace when they are casting. And if I was, if it had to be anybody else, I guess like the OD Pixel Fogged combo is like a classic. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay, uh, I will go next. My first combo would be Moxie Purge. I think they're a very good combo, and I think it's pretty uh, apparent that we here at We Like Dota we're pretty big Moxie stands. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, her, she's getting very good at casting, honestly. Like, yes, she is. It, it's amazing how people can talk that fast. Uh, next combo would be Blitz and Capitalist, you know, one of the big classics. Uh, then also yeah. OD Pixel Forked. I don't think you can have a TI without OD Pixel Forked. And my fourth would probably be Suns Fan Cinderin. I think they have very good chemistry and uh, they complement each other very well. You know, Suns Fan, he's just like a joker. Cinderin is a more serious guy, but they have like very similar humor. And All also, right. you know, they also do a podcast for each other. So they have, you know, 
very very good sim uh, synergy. What about the rap god uh, duo? You have B Cop and Odie Pixel, and you just try to go as fast as you can, oh, like, as many words as possible throughout the Dota game. I don't want to. I think know. I might get a headache. I don't want to <laughs> snake poop on your party here, but that's too that's too play by by casters. That doesn't work, dude. Well, I mean, I don't care. They just take turns. It <laughs> sounds care. good. So you're Man. just going to have... If they take turns, then it's just going to be a cast without the color caster. Dude, you say this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to get them to, like, literally wrap their their play-by-play and, like, pass it off to each other like a baton, you know? I want to no, see that. You're not into it. It sounds it good. It would be beautiful, but it, uh, I think I would lose interest after a few minutes. Probably. Cool. Um, all right, that was the last question by you know the guy who's sitting here virtually. Uh, thank you <laughs> to all the listeners for joining us yet again for We Like Dota episode 339, I believe. Yeah, I think that's correct. Um, we will be back next week. Thank you to Sam Trilling for podcasting with me. Thank you to Elihu for being here, podcasting with me, and absolving my poor soul uh, of these terrible <laughs> sins that I've committed in my Dota pub. Uh yeah, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.